What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and uh, I'm coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, where the home team, the Tennessee Volunteers, yeah, they swept Georgia Southern hard-fought victory over the weekend. Uh, A great sweep, so they move up one spot in uh, the D1 baseball poll this week. yeah, felt like it should have been more, but I'll take it. Great weekend. Just college baseball being back in my life is an absolute delight, and I very much being uh, love being back in uh, Lindsey Nelson Stadium over the weekend. That was that was fantastic. So um, great weekend. Uh, no episode yesterday. Took the weekend off uh, for podcast for the first time in a while. Kind of needed a break to recharge a little bit, but we're back uh, here on this Tuesday morning uh, with Mister Evan Swords of. 49ers hub uh go give him a follow on twitter at burner underscore swords as we talk about the nfl as we do on this particular day at this particular time every single week um we hit on the steelers hiring brian flores uh tom brady potentially coming out of retirement for his san francisco 49ers uh the nfl xfl deal the petri dish aspect to it all um the uh the possibility that mason rudolph is the uh the Steelers starter in next year based on some Colbert comments, uh, the outgoing GM in Pittsburgh, but we have our doubts. And then of course, uh, a report that the league doesn't, uh, or the league knows the Packers don't believe in Mr. Jordan love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers at the moment and what to make of green Bay Packers, uh, country and what, uh, what is to come in Lambeau over the next several weeks. Um, all that and more on this edition of the chase Thomas podcast, don't forget, you can watch us. You can watch Mr. Swords and myself on every other uh, every other podcast on YouTube. Just type in the Chase Thomas Podcast on YouTube.com. Subscribe, share, like, all that good stuff. Um, every episode, you can watch us now. Um, also, if you like listening to this podcast and you listen via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, please do make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review. It helps more than you know. It helps other people find the show, helps the show to just continue to grow each week. Um, also, make sure to go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com for access to all of, it, all of my previous episodes. Uh, you can always email me at ChaseThomasPodcast at gmail.com. And any NFL questions you have for Evan or myself, always welcome. Just send it over. ChaseThomasPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Sports Renaissance Man, the daily newsletter, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. I'm the Sports Renaissance Man. That's me. And uh, just type in your email. That simple. And yeah. All right. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right. We are back here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I am now joined by Mr. Evan Swords up there in portland oregon this week he's he's not back home in well i guess he is back home but he's not where he resides which is a yeah. sunny 75 clear um just a, a a beautiful oasis um that is los angeles instead he's in his favorite place he's in nature he gets to experience portland oregon again and the trees and getting outside and doing hikes and that's why he's got the beanie on is because evan is fresh off one of his all-time best outdoor hikes. He found one of those um, rat beavers that we talked about on the podcast a few weeks back. The Nutria. The Nutria. So he was uh, out hunting for those earlier. How many did you did you nab, Evan? 
Uh, I none of the things that uh, Chase just said are true. <laughs> I, I'm I'm cold. I'm I mm-hmm. am in Portland. It snowed today, even though it was 40 degrees. Which do the math doesn't mm-hmm. really work. So it was just very slushy, very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I you know I'm I'm home seeing uh, seeing the girlfriend and uh, mm-hmm. as you can see, not very much so in the studio with the podcast equipment. It's very ad hoc if you will but uh, Mm i'm happy happy to be here it's all good my friend um how was your week how has everything been since uh since last monday good man i uh i came down we you know sarah sarah lives in portland uh Mm -hmm. but wanted to have you know like a nice little vacation so we rented a really nice hotel for three days in in downtown did a little staycation Played tourists in Portland, which was fun. You know, I've always said Portland's got a great highlight reel. So, what'd you do uh, that you haven't done before? Because you're a Portland guy. What did you tour that you had not done as a local guy? It's not that I did anything that I haven't done per- before, per se. It's just I did the things that you, as a tourist you'd want to do. Like, there's a place called uh, Screen Door, which is like probably the best breakfast place chicken and waffles, mm-hmm. uh, country, you know, really country uh, breakfast foods, like country gravy and biscuits and gravy, yada, yada, yada. Um, did that and I, I enjoyed that. I, you know, I, I walked throughout the city a lot, was, walked past Powell's books, Powell's okay. books, Powell's bookstore is like a, a very iconic bookstore in the heart of the city, uh, that you usually see, uh, went to pioneer square, which is like the central location of downtown. And, you know, I gotta say, I, I think this is a cool story and I really didn't, I haven't been able to tell it much, but mm. I used to work downtown when I was, you know, I'm 34 now. So it's been about 14 years, right? Think mm-hmm. about how long 14 years is. Uh, and when I worked downtown, I would always, you know, work a block away from Pioneer Square. And, you know, that's where like, you know, it's the center. So they'd have food carts and, you know, like sometimes they'd have people playing music or they'd have events, whatever. It's a very central location. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I worked down there, I'd go get food. And one of the food carts I'd always go to was this Philly cheesesteak food cart. And it was this, mm-hmm. this dude, uh, really, you know, really personable dude, really good attitude, very funny. I loved going there. And while I'd wait, you know, he just, he'd interact with like some of the crazy downtown people that would like come up or, you know, like just how he would talk to people. I just thought he was a very interesting guy. Um, and then, so I'm, I'm, I'm walking throughout the city trying to get food on my lunch. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go, downtown you know down to pioneer square i'm sure there'll be something over there and i'm walking and i smell philly cheesesteaks i'm like oh that reminds (laughs) me of that place we don't a decade and a half ago Mm -hmm. and it's not the same card it's not the same company name nothing right it's just it smelled like philly cheesesteaks i was like all right Mm -hmm. cool and so i walk up and it's some guy i don't recognize at all i was like you know hey can i get a philly cheesesteak blah 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 and I'm like, okay. And then I'm waiting and I look up and there's this guy and he's got super long hair and a huge beard. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> and I look, I was like, how long have you been, been, been doing this? And he's like, 18 years. And I was like, did you used to work here? He's like, yep. And I was like, man, I recognize you. I, it's been 14 years, but I remember you. And it was crazy to see that he's still, I mean, he's a young dude. He's probably mm-hmm. like in his, his mid mid thirties, you know, mid to late thirties, uh, considering how long he's doing it. And I was like, that was a really cool moment. You know, so he was slanging from a, from his teenage years. Yeah. I mean, he had to have been, when I met him, he had to be like 24. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. So I wonder if it, it kind of reminds me of an Atlanta story where like, I wonder um, there was this guy. Um, so I used to go to downtown Decatur a lot. And so downtown Decatur for the folks that are not familiar with Atlanta. So it's like it it's, it's ITP inside the perimeter, but it's like maybe five, 10 minutes from downtown, downtown, but it's still like Decatur, as everyone knows from, from Ludacris's uh, right. chicken and right. beer album. Yes, exactly. Um, Decatur, Dundon Decatur is still probably my favorite part of Atlanta. Um, but either way, um, used to go there all the time. And I, uh, I remember parking was always a pain there originally and this was like when i was first going out when i was younger my eight like my teen years like late teens early college stuff like that when i got in the city and i remember i when i started like going to more of the fancier bars and maybe a fancier dinner going to work and like evan you're not gonna believe this but when i started working and like doing work in bars because that's what i do is i bring my laptop and my notepads and i'm 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 doing stuff like that but I ended up going there a lot and there was this good coffee shop that I actually liked. That was like a coffee shop during the day and a bar at night. Um, it actually burned down. It really sucks. Um, a couple of years back uh, because of arson it was pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, but either way, there was this parking lot uh, next to this church and the parking lot charged originally. But then I ended up meeting this guy who I swear was always the attendant. when I went over there and I was like, you look from it like, it got to the point where I was like, do you, how often are you here? Like, this is your game. Like, cause he was around my age and I was like, Oh, do you go to school? Like, and he went to George state. And I remember that we just, we hit it off and we, uh, we ended up talking before I went out there for like 30 to 40 minutes and what he wanted to do and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, Hey, whenever you're back, I got you. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, I work here every night basically. And whenever you come in, just find me got you don't worry about paying for parking anymore and i was like okay and i thought this was just gonna be i thought it was i mean it was clutch but i didn't think it was gonna last and then i didn't go for a while after jerry joe's closed down because it got burned down i go back this is at least like a couple maybe two years later and guess who's there i was like there's no way there's no way my man is still doing this and he's still over there and he's like oh man long time no see and i was like this man's still here I both love that and I'm confused. Why are you still doing this? And it was, it was fantastic. And he was like, Oh yeah, I got you. So full, like, I, I don't think I've paid for a basically long story short. I don't think I've paid for a parking spot in, in downtown Decatur in over a decade because my man over there still out there doing that thing. And also it's a pretty chill job. Like if pay yeah. well, insurance i would love to be a parking lot attendant where i could just go back and go write and do my uh, read my books and then someone pulls up take care of it but uh pretty chill job but he was a super nice guy and it was yeah it was just funny because i was like man this man it's his dream it's what he's doing i like it it's also uh something that's near and dear to my heart like it just goes to show especially like in the service industry or just yeah. in general if you just give someone a little bit of like energy or compassion mm-hmm. or kindness. Just be it, genuine. It can be, it can go not only it can go the route of like you got hooked up and didn't have to pay yeah. parking, but you probably are someone that like that man will remember for a very mm-hmm. long time. And I think those moments, like we, we don't take those seriously. Like that's like something that I've always done is like whenever I'm in like a, a service industry situation, I always want to make sure I leave them 
in a better mood than when they when they before I got there. And I mm. that's that's such a great example of why that's why that's important. Yeah, I mean it was it was also just cool. Like he would ask me like what are you going to write today? Like that was just one of those things that I'd tell him like what I was working on and we would just have yeah. that back and forth. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I yeah that now I miss Atlanta for a little bit. Um but I'm sure when I go back <laughs> But you had you had a mm-hmm. good Tennessee weekend though with the fam, right? I did have a good Tennessee weekend and uh, a lot more will be changing in the next couple weeks. Uh, uh, so keep on the, keep on the lookout for that. Hopefully the sports Renaissance woman does not listen to this particular episode, but we shall see. And I mean, Tennessee was, it was so much fun. Uh, Tennessee baseball swept um, Georgia Southern over the weekend, went to two of those games, but yeah. it was, it was amazing. Like we, we scored, I know you were like watching from your phone when you were outside seeing with Sarah, but um, in between when you were doing your thing, I know you got caught up and you couldn't watch all the Tennessee baseball games over the weekend, but just well, to refresh. Know, I, you had, I had to, I had to ping, you know, I had to jump in where I could, right? Like a <laughs> little bit here, a little bit there. Right. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, I've obviously got the notifications on my phone, mm-hmm. right? Obviously. So yeah, but go ahead continue. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine when you were doing like, cause it was going on the same time as the Daytona 500. So you had like to borrow Sarah's phone to watch the Daytona 500 with Tennessee baseball. So I just, I don't know how you're able to, to keep it together, Evan, but you know, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I keep, I keep uh multiple phones. I keep an mm-hmm. iPad on me at all times. Got a laptop running in the background. You, know? mm-hmm. like, you do what you got to do. Right. Exactly. Um, but no, it was great. We, we ended up scoring like a combined 24 runs on Saturday and Sunday, but wow. I just missed, co- I love college baseball and I love the ping sound. Like there is nothing like major league baseball. I love to shout out to the Braves and everything, but, um, college baseball, I just grew up going to with my grandfather. I went to Georgia tech baseball games with my grandfather all the time. And he went to tech. I don't know. There's just something about college baseball. I mean, college football is still King, but College baseball is something that's near and dear to my heart. And I just, I love being there and the crowd cares so much. And it's just, it's, it's so much fun. And it's just a great way. The weather was great, man. And I didn't have as much homework to do this weekend. So just to sit outside and eat some food and just chill in good weather and watch baseball for three hours and clear your head. Like I didn't do any podcast work this weekend. And that's the first time I took Saturday and Sunday off in months and i felt so refreshed and then i watched we capped the night off last night i don't know if you've seen this uh three billboards outside i think ellering missouri um have you seen that with francis dorman um oh, you're talking so, about the movie three bill billboards. yes yeah okay I, I know i have not seen it but i heard it was a great movie yeah yeah three billboards outside Ebbing, missouri with francis mcdormand and sam rockwell and woody and everybody but man great ending to to the weekend i highly recommend it so good it's been on my list for several years now but um <laughs> can yeah. i just say that the mm-hmm. dichotomy that, that is you and i mm-hmm. it's perfect there's all the things all the the metaphors and examples we've had over the years uh i watched last night free guy with ryan reynolds <laughs> <laughs> and what a great movie that was but uh mm-hmm. yeah talk about the yeah uh Oscar nominated three billboards, Oscar winning, I believe, mm-hmm. three billboards. And uh, I watched Free Guy <laughs> with, Ryan, with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's great. It's okay. There's no right or wrong answer to this stuff. You, you do what you do and you like what you like. And that's okay. Um, I, we don't, on this podcast, we don't like when people police what other people like and dislike. It's okay to like different things and like what you like. Um, Unless it's truly. Uh, yeah, we, we don't we don't do that. You drink White Claw around here. Other that than is that, true. 
I, I had forgotten about the truly loss. Uh, um, well, Mr. Swords, we do have some NFL that we should probably get to. Um, I wanted to start here. So your San Francisco 49ers, Tim Kawakami wrote about him this week. Uh, 49ers Twitter has had some conversations and there are folks who are already dunking on Niners fans who would prefer to roll the dice with Trey Lance over uh, the possibility of a Tom Brady comeback where it's like Tom Brady was, as we all know, he grew up a Niners fan, loves the Niners, all that kind of thing. He flirted with no, them. No, no. He was at the catch as a mm-hmm. child in yeah. the stands with his family <laughs> when Dwight Clark caught a touchdown to mm-hmm. propel them into the Super Bowl that started the 49ers dynasty. I mean, he is... Yeah, he is a true 49ers fan. Yeah. And it was always just one of those great what ifs is like, would he wrap up his career there? And I mean, we knew right away that it was like a never say never thing. And he put that out there. He, I guess it's just more of like for those guys, I don't know, because he's healthy. It's not like a Peyton Manning or other guys like Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger where like their health was done. (laughs) So it wasn't like one of those things where they could keep playing. Like Brady could absolutely play at a high level next season if he wants to. Um, but I I don't know. Like, it's it's weird. If you're a Niners fan, you're in a weird spot because you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I would love to mentally entertain the idea of Tom Brady on a one-year deal to San Francisco and thus just go for it because we've been in the NFC title game two of the last three years with Jimmy Garoppolo. If we put Tom Brady and Kyle Shanahan's offense and he has Debo Samuel behind him and he has all these different weapons that you're like, huh, Trent Williams at left tackle. I'm sure he'll love that. The defense is where it is. Like, it all makes sense for a Tom Brady one-off. But you're like, if you do that, then Trey Lance is gone. Because then you're risking, like, really souring the relationship of the guy you just traded up for. Because Trey Lance is this, I mean, he's the guy. Like, I don't know. I think it would send a bad message to him that you're like, oh, we don't believe him. And you're more plugged in than me because I saw another report that was like, Trey Lance was if he hadn't gotten injured in training camp, he was on track to be the week one starter. And you're like, okay, I don't know how much weight I'm putting into that. I don't know. I think if I'm a Niners fan, I'm confused. I have conflict, not confused. I have conflicting feelings about entertaining Tom Brady coming to my team. When you also have this potential franchise guy and waiting in Trey Lance that you need to see um, what you have there sooner rather than later. You're the Niners expert expert, Evan. Walk me through what you think of this. Yeah, so first and foremost, being confused or conflicted is a very normal thought here. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're just going off of news media headlines, nothing makes sense. (laughs) The way they've handled the situation from Jimmy to Trey to trading up three three first-round picks to get Trey uh, to having Jimmy that entire time and trying to go out and potentially get Tom Brady – and then trying to potentially get Aaron Rodgers and do all of these things, you know, it's like, it feels like if you're just watching from the sidelines, nothing makes sense. What I would say is this. I do think if you're Trey Lance, where you do want to be the starter and you do think you deserve to be the starter. And I think, I think if you ask most 49ers fans, they're all like, Oh, I'd love for Trey. I'm excited for Trey. I can't wait to see Trey go with, you know, we already we left the season with the best left tackle maybe ever. Uh, two Pro Bowlers on the line. The right line, you know, side of the line was kind of beat up, but he'll obviously have that fixed moving to the season. 
you know, I, I, I feel very confident in Trey and what he'll be able to accomplish. I'm very excited. There's a lot of weird stuff coming out. You know, Joe Montana was like, I don't think he's ready, which is an insanity. What I would say is this. Here's my tinfoil conspiracy hat. And it, no, it is gray, so it's kind of on the on point. Mm-hmm. I, if I, don't, I don't know the percentage of my thought on this, but, like, if I'm a conspiracy guy, you have to wonder – if like some of the 49ers talking heads like Joe Montana and Steve Young and whoever, you know, the powers that may be are maybe like, Oh, Trey's not ready. Right. Cause if you think Trey's not ready, then what do you do? Well, maybe they keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey's not ready, but we need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We need one and he's supposed to be available. So we got to ask, let's just make the price to, to offer for, for, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit higher. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing where I'm like, maybe that's why. Because other than that, logically speaking, why, if you're the 49ers, do you have Joe Montana, your god king, right, for Super Bowl winning, you know, uh, wonder wonder kid, uh, saying negative things about the quarterback you just tra- traded the three first-round picks for. Alternatively, let's say Tom Brady is a reality. These rumors are, are real, right? I've been hearing these rumors behind the scenes, let alone what we've seen on Twitter or in the media for a long time now. Assume it's true. If you're Trey Lance, is it annoying? Yes. Is it even a little rude, you know, offensive, disrespectful? You could argue that, sure. But it's Tom Brady. He just led the NFL in all of those statistics that last year – He's still very capable. He is Tom Brady, right? And you're going, well, it is Tom Brady. I might have to sit another year, but Aaron Rodgers sat three. Um, You know, there is a, you know, there's a, the Niners get Tom Brady. They are the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. There's nothing you could tell me differently. Um, And then Trey goes, hey, I get to learn from Tom Brady for a year. And, you know, they still spent three first-round picks on me. Obviously, they, you know, they want me here. They are mm-hmm. investing in my future, but they can't say no to the opportunity of having Tom Brady be the quarterback. So when you think about it from that perspective, I'm sure Trey might not be happy, but, like, I get it. But I think we're, we're going to have to wait to see till the end of, end of the end of the offseason before we really, like, think about, like, what all of this huffle means you know but you have to make a decision like see that's the other thing is like free agency starts in a month evan like we're a month out and decisions have to be made the draft's coming up and i think aaron Rodgers has like he was he has to give it the packers there's some sort of deadline with him where he needs to let them know what his plans are um and it also affects Devontae adams and what his plans are because I, i mean there's a lot of moving parts for a lot of different teams around the league but um, I think the Niners are one of them where it's like, if that's a real thing, Brady has to signal that sooner rather than later. Like, hey, I'm interested. Let's talk. Because you could, like, that cha- if you sign Tom Brady, if he comes out of retirement, that changes everything. That changes your entire offseason strategy. Mm-hmm. That, that changes your draft strategy. That changes your free agent strategy. It changes how you look at your team for 2022. Because, sure, you would love to pencil in like contender for winning the Super Bowl. But like you said, the difference between the unknown of year two, Trey Lance and his first full season as a starter to guide them to a Super Bowl versus um, 
I don't know, just being like a solid, maybe flirting with the the playoffs type guy. Like he he's up and down that, you know, just figuring it out a little bit. Right. Um, but it's different. Like those are two different things, but you have to be more aggressive. John Lynch has to be a different GM with Tom Brady than he does with Trey Lance. And Kyle Shanahan has to be a different kind of coach with Tom Brady than he does um, Trey Lance. So I don't know. I, I think if this is something that's real, for me, I think it has to be signaled and come together within the next couple of weeks. Like, I don't think you have time. And also, Brady can't get out of that rhythm. Brady can't be out of the playing rhythm for a month and a half, two months. It's not, not real. Like, he, as serious I mean, as he takes it, I don't think he can. Right. It's not like Tom Brady is in any way, shape, or form not within, not, you know, without resources. No, but I'm saying, like, he takes it so seriously where he's like every day like i have to do this and this and what it takes for me to be the best and what i have to do for my body and like his diet and his rehab and his work like there's just i don't know man i think his off season is a little bit different right now let's say this the reality Mm -hmm. of it is this if the the tom brady to 49ers stuff is real Mm -hmm. i don't care about tampering i don't care about any of that i would bet my life that if it is real that Mm -hmm. Tom, tom and kyle have been talking for weeks if mm-hmm. not months, especially, you know, with all the Bruce Arians, is not, he's not a fan of it, uh, rumors. So mm-hmm. I would imagine if it is real, they're very, very, uh, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. We'll see. I, uh, I'm excited either way. It adds another wrinkle to the Niners offseason, and I don't know what ultimately comes of it, but it will be interesting. Um, speaking of things I don't really understand, or I shouldn't say understand, that I'm interested to see what comes of it. Um, the XFL, which is going to be a, quote, Petri dish for football innovation. Um, they have a new partnership with the NFL. Um, I love the XFL when it first came out uh, a few years back. I really enjoyed that. I mean, I enjoyed it as a kid growing up. Like, I, this is going to be a huge dork moment for me. But I vividly remember the Las Vegas Outlaws versus the Los Angeles Galaxy and Tommy yeah. Maddox and all of that. Um, that was like a... For whatever reason, because I'm a dork, uh, that stands out to me. And I watched a lot of Los Angeles Galaxy for whatever reason. Um, But either way, um, that is happening. Uh, The Rocks League is partnering with um, the NFL in some capacity. It's not a developmental league. They made sure to say that. But like with... (sighs) I, I mean, that's not a bad thing. And I think that's something that's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm curious to see the longevity of it. We just saw the AAF. There was right. a lot of interest in that. The USFL is coming back. They have all these uniforms and they hired a bunch of, hey, remember this coach from 2009? Um, yeah. They have a lot of those. So we'll see. It gives more people jobs. It gives more players uh, avenues to get back in the league if they fall out. More guys who, if it didn't pan out in college, they can go there and they had a bad combine, whatever. They can, that bad injury history, whatever that it, the case may be, they can rehab, get better, and flip the script on their careers. I don't know. I think at the very I, least, this all seems positive, right? Yeah, it's definitely positive. I, I, there's not a whole lot to say on the subject because it's all just happening. But what I will say is this. The Rock is a big enough star and commands enough presence that he will get respect from the league, which I think is important because I don't think the league really respected any of these other entities or took them seriously. Having that partnership with the NFL is the only way that any league is ever going to succeed or survive. They can't do it without the NFL, period. Like the idea that a a league is going to be financially realistic in any way, shape or form is just not tangible. So 
it's not an easy feat to create another league and have it work. But I think having the rock and the NFL partnership together is like the way it'll get done. Yeah. And I think just a partnership is the way to go. Like you said, um, it's better not to compete. It's better to join in some capacity to partner in some capacity. So we'll see. I think it's just more football and I'm not going to complain about the, about that in the spring. Um, you'll get a kick out of this, Evan. So a uh, friend of the pod, Dave Damashek, uh, had a good quote about this. Well, here's the thing about this is that it, the NFL season does not start today. And what he meant by that is uh, Steelers GM said if the season started today, they're good with Mason Rudolph as their starter, which I – well, two things here. Mr. Colbert is walking out the door and will not be the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers GM after the draft. Um, two – this is not true. I will not believe for one second that that is a true statement that he meant with his whole heart and mind. Um, no offense to Mason Rudolph, but we have seen enough of his on-field play that that man is not <laughs> and not the long-term answer in Pittsburgh or any organization. Um, but I don't know, man. I the Pittsburgh is in such an interesting spot. But what when you hear that from the from Mr. Colbert about uh, Mason Rudolph? What is uh, what is your first hey, thought? Re- it reminds me of Andrew Garfield in all of those press interviews for Tick, Tick, Boom going, yeah, I'm not in the next Spider-Man movie. I have no idea what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know that Kevin Colbert can't say anything else, right? So he's going to give you the answer that you just can't say that they're, they're saying it's wrong. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Um, the, the Steelers are in an interesting position, right? They finally are rid of the contract and Ben Roethlisberger that has plagued them the last three years for making them truly be competitive, but they're going into a season that doesn't have any like really exciting prospect at quarterback in the draft. They certainly don't have a high pick and you know, I they're, they're in a really bad position. So I think the the one thing that they can do is do what they're, they're doing and just stalling and, you know, ha- taking a look at all their options. Well, it has been like, I think it was reported that the dirty little secret has been that they are enamored with Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback. And the cool thing, like you said, they don't have a high pick, but this is a very weak quarterback draft. And I don't right. think we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go early. Um, I think people are kidding themselves when they're like, oh, no quarterback in the top 10 and stuff. It's like, no, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Quarterback need teams are everywhere. There, someone's going to talk themselves into Malik Willis. Someone's going to talk themselves into um, Carson Strong, Matt Sam Howell, Matt Corral. It doesn't matter. Like There's going to be two or three going in the top 10. I would be floored if we don't have two to three in the top 10. We had Jason uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz go one, two. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. It's a little bit different. This could also just be the, the Jake Locker draft. I mean, Jake Locker still went one in that draft. I mean, he went eight. Or did he win eight? Or wait, did he go yeah, eight? He went eight. Yeah, oh, that hold was on. The, no, that was like the Luke. No, what's it called? The, uh, the, the Davion Clowney year? No, it was the uh, two offensive linemen, wasn't it? Oh, uh, was that Eric Fisher? Wasn't it Eric yeah. Fisher here? Was that 2013? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. The 2013 draft could be a very. Uh, re, re, the I don't know about Jake Locker, but the point that I was trying to make you mm-hmm. think of it is the 2013 draft is like what a lot of analysts are predicting this looks like. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. I don't know. I just, I think even still, like, that was almost a decade ago. Like, I think the league is so much yeah. different now than what it was. Like, I just, I don't know. I would be surprised is all I'll say on the quarterback front if there are not a bunch of quarterbacks going early. Speaking of the Steelers, though, they hired Brian Flores as a defensive assistant, linebackers coach. 
Um, we've kind of moved past it, but I, um, I'm excited to listen to the Omar Kelly and I think it's the pivot podcast with Chad Johnson and company. Cause I think they have Flores on this week and I saw some snippets cause I think they asked him um, why he came out with it before the Texans uh, interview process was done. Because I, I mean, I'm curious, like because he got the Steelers job, I wonder if he waits a couple more days that he might get the Texans job and then you file suit. And then it's not like you're going to lose your job after that. I wonder if that like played a role, uh, the timing, I don't know. But I'm curious to hear his answer on that. Um, I would imagine if he's interviewing and he's not getting the looks that he thought he should be getting, because arguably he should have gotten a head coaching position this year. If all that was left was the Texans job, which is a nightmare, you know, his lawyer was probably like, this is a great opportunity. Start this process now. You don't want to go to Houston anyways. Well, I think he did. Like, he obviously is close to Deshaun Watson, and he knows Nick Casario from his New England days, and they're trying to create New England South anyway. I don't know. I thought it actually made uh, a lot of sense. Um, And the fact that they went with Lovey, who has now been like, okay, I love Lovey Smith, and he was doing good stuff in uh, Illinois. He took the Bears to Super Bowl. The way people talk about Lovey Smith now is just like, (laughs) it's not reality. He was not a... Well, it's what he did at Illinois. That's what happened. But like it's Illinois. I don't think I. I don't know if I need to do this on this podcast. But as someone who is a college football aficionado, let me tell you how hard it is to win at the University of Illinois. It is unbelievably hard to win at the University of Illinois consistently. Ron Zook had a blip there in the early two thousands with uh, Richard Mendenhall and Juice Williams, but you're not winning titles. You're not winning Big Ten titles. You're not winning nine to 10 games at Illinois. It's just, it's damn near impossible. So I'm not holding anything to that. He was doing them a favor by going to Illinois from my perspective, but also he was successful. He's never had like a train wreck year. And I think a lot of people just kind of soured on him because the cover two stuff, the Tampa two kind of faded out. And then it was like, Oh, well that was his defensive thing. If defenses are changing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, love. still a good coach. Like I, you cannot, and I think people went too far the other way where it was like, he's he what a disaster. And I'm like, Lovey's fine. And if you think he's a downgrade from David Culley, I have some bad news for you because he's not. Like, Lovey Smith is not a downgrade from a lot of these coaches around the league. Um, and I'm just more curious about the staff and ultimately come down to the quarterback and what they do there. But um, I think it was still ultimately a good heart. But by and large, Brian Flores at, uh, at Pittsburgh. And now I wonder, Evan, because there were some rumors that Tomlin was flirting with Vegas this offseason. What if the plan now is Flores took the Pittsburgh job, which shout out to Pittsburgh for doing the right thing. And I mean, he is, he should be a head coach in this league, but I mean, being the, I guess, basically floor, uh, Tomlin. So have him as like a shoe in. Yes. Replacement Uh. for Tomlin. That's kind of where my head's at is. I think that's, what's going to happen here is I think Flores is going to wait for a little bit. Um, behind Tomlin, and he's just going to replace Tomlin. I, I that's the vibe. Move. Yeah, and it's like one of those where it's like Flores. It, it Pittsburgh is a great organization for a lot of reasons, but one of the best reasons is that they give their guys tenure. They give your their guys time to figure Run this money. out. Yeah. So I mean, 
Flores is not going to get axed in year two or year three if he takes if he gets that job after Flores leaves. So I'm very yeah. curious if he does kind of like that uh, Dennis Allen thing in New Orleans where Sean right. Payton was kind like he went and sat behind Sean Payton for a couple of years, built this great defense. And then when Sean Payton was like, all right, I'm going to go enjoy my life again. <laughs> I'm almost 60 years old. Uh, Dennis Allen's was like, I'm ready. And I think Flores I- could do the same thing. It'll be interesting. I, you know, I'll say it, it'll be interesting if a year from now we're looking at uh, Flores and a new GM instead of Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, who've been there for a very long time. A lot of change. A lot of change. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I'm excited either way. Uh, this is your favorite portion of the podcast, Evan, because I, I mean, you love slandering the Green Bay Packers. You, oh, you yeah. love, you love. It's one of your favorite. <laughs> It's one of your favorite pastimes and friend of the pod, Mr. Albright um, tweeted this out a couple days ago that caught my eye was that like he, I think he quote tweeted somebody who was asking about uh, Rogers in Denver because he's a Denver reporter. And obviously Rogers has been um, connected to Denver for seemingly years now um, that the dirty little secret around the league is that the Packers don't believe in Jordan love. And that is something I've said on this podcast where it's like, if they were sure about Jordan Love, they're not bending over backwards to deal with what Aaron Rodgers is giving them. I mean, even though he's get, like the back-to-back MVP stuff, Aaron Rodgers is still a top three quarterback in this league, top five at the absolute worst. And I understand all the other stuff, all the off-the-field stuff, but you live with it. If you live with it if you don't believe at all in this guy. You took it in the first round a couple of years ago. And... We saw the Chiefs game. We saw the end of, I think it was the Lions game this past year, where he did not show nearly enough to excite anyone, and especially the Packers organization, about handing over the keys to a team that's won 13 games in three consecutive seasons. Um, I don't know. The Packers, the Niners, a lot of interesting offseason questions for a lot of iconic franchises, but what do you make of Albright uh, mentioning that the, the dirty little secret around the league is that nobody believes in uh, that the Packers don't believe in Jordan Love? Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to be like reasonable here, but mm-hmm. what I will say is this Rodgers won a Super Bowl in a year where he had a very, very good team. Great mm. defense. Charles Woodson. That Super Bowl's not going anywhere. But let's just let's let's just put it aside for one second. Obviously Aaron Rodgers is an incredible talent. Numbers, MVPs, can't argue it. But isn't he a little bit more like Kev, or Kirk Cousins than he is Tom Brady when you look at the grand scheme of things. He loses big games. So I understand how good Aaron Rodgers is. You know, I mean that sincerely. Like he is God tier quarterbacking. But when the when the times have come where he needed to win football games, he just simply did not do it. And now they're gonna go spend forty five, fifty million dollars to try and keep him. Sure, you don't believe in Jordan Love, and that's a mistake that that's what that's a mistake you make when you you know panic and draft them because Brandon Ayuk goes to the 49ers. Um, but forty five to fifty million dollars, you're you're throwing all your chips in a, in a basket 
Well, you've already seen the outcome multiple times. The last two years, Aaron Rodgers has had fantastic rosters and great coaching. And he's lost every time. So, go good luck. Well, it's also like... Okay, so this is something I was thinking about too. It's like the Pat, the Pats got really lucky. Is that Jimmy Garoppolo showed enough in a very limited time that, and then the reporting got out that like, oh, there was friction of like he Garoppolo was drafted because uh, he was ready to uh, Belichick was ready to move on from Brady, and they were tired of the the dynamic and everything. Um, but um, oh yeah, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I just. I think about it too, because you're walking this fine line where, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just want to see what they could do because Jordan love, if he's not a trade asset, that's a huge problem. And man, the Pats got lucky. They got a bunch from your 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo because it, he was seen around the league as a star in waiting. If Jordan love is not seen as a star in waiting behind Aaron Rodgers, you can't even get anything for Jordan Love right now. They said he wasn't going to go for any. They said literally right now you couldn't get a third round pick. For that's him. insane. That tells well, like that's that's a train wreck of a situation not, though, because every single person when they took him thought yeah. the Packers had overreached, and mm-hmm. here they are. And it's like they thought before anyone had seen him play football in the NFL that you overreached, and now we've mm-hmm. seen him and he's not that impressive. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, a shorter pod on this edition tonight, Mr. Swords, but um, either way, always good to catch up and talk NFL with you, sir. Thank you for making the time. You're away on vacation. You're back home. You got the you got some gray on. Uh, I'm glad you're back to the, the normal gray, black and what? Yeah, I. Oh, there it is. I was concerned. I, I'm glad you're back because I feel like I was talking to a different person last week right. with the blue. It was like, I'm going to just start wearing some colors and just freaking you out. I don't believe you have any other colors. I don't believe you. I think I got a red shirt. Yeah. I got red Niners gear, right? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Not Niners gear. You I'm mean like about pastels. A, yes. Like the Easter colors. I want to see well, Evan swords and some, some khakis, some brown loafers, <laughs> uh, some pastels. Yeah. That's what we need. That's what the people need. Well, I, I will tell you, you'll have to wait because if we are doing this pod next Monday, mm-hmm. uh, the Evan Swords Road Show continues and I will be in Alameda, a.k.a. the Bay Area okay. uh, for, for work. So I will be recording once again out of a place that is not my home and I will probably be wearing black or gray. I like it. I like it. You keep it simple and that's good. Um, Mr. Swords, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time and I will talk to you next week. All right, sir. All right, that'll do it for this short edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast with Mr. Evan Swords of 49ers Hub. Go uh, give Evan a follow on Twitter.com if you have not already done so at Evan, under, or rather, uh, Burner underscore Swords. Rest in peace, Evan underscore Swords. Uh, maybe one day. I'll get it back. Maybe one day. Um, either way, great to always have Evan on the podcast to talk all things NFL. Uh, make sure if you like listening to today's episode of Evan and I Talk NFL, leave this episode and this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you are listening on your podcast preference. Um, please do to make sure to email us any NFL questions, Niners questions, Falcons questions, anything in the sort. 
at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com follow myself at chase double underscore thomas on twitter.com uh, like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer and remember you can watch us on youtube youtube.com just type in the chase thomas podcast uh you'll find every episode um on on the site and go ahead and hit that subscribe button share it out like it thumbs up all that good stuff uh yeah all right new episode tomorrow on the podcast but uh have a great day y'all and uh thank you as always uncle Derek. how'd i do nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah